This podcast may include some content that's not suitable for children. I honestly can't remember. Hello, welcome to episode five of Unsolicited Thoughts. Um, if you've listened to the first four episodes, then thank you and, and welcome back. Um, if you're new to the podcast, then thank you also and, and welcome welcome in. Um Come on in, take your shoes off, take your coat off, uh, make yourself at home. There's, there's juice and uh, milk in the fridge. Maybe some pop if you're lucky. Um, help yourselves. Anyway, um, don't worry about going back and listening to the first four episodes. Um, if you don't have the time, that's fine. You don't necessarily need to. Um, there will be a little bit of follow-up to some of last week's questions. Last week we did an entire episode of listener questions. Um, but other than that... Um, as a group we'll just we'll keep going forwards um firstly i should say that uh my inbox has been on fire once again this week um so many of you getting in touch um actually more people getting in touch with questions than we have listeners um but i'm sure there's an explanation for that science knows technology knows um a thought that did occur to me and and i'm talking directly to the podcast providers here um is sort of secondhand smoke type of listening do we count people who might be listening um without meaning to uh say through someone else's phone on the bus or through your neighbor's walls or in a shop or a gym over the speakers because i think we should count those people um maybe i'm clutching for short straws maybe but it's an idea um, so it'd be interesting to check that. I'm not an expert, but I am like a person who has a good, you know what. Um, secondly, I should say that while my inbox has been on fire in a good way, um, it's also been on fire in a bad way. Um, I was hacked. Uh, it's been suggested I was a little too divulgent uh, with my personal details in last week's episode. Um if you got any questionable emails from me, um, then I am sorry. If they don't start with hey um, and they don't end with tar or cheers me dears, then it's unlikely to be from me. Not really. Um, thirdly, more apologies. Firstly, th- thirdly, um, th- yeah, third follow-up, uh, second apologies. So sort of 3B. Um, yeah. Uh, regarding the how to describe it the sordid filth of a question from anonymous uh, last week Um, you know who you are anonymous um i didn't understand at the time but i've since been told in absolutely no uncertain terms what anonymous meant when they asked cream pie gone wrong or a happy accident um it was a sort of what would you prefer type of question um if you don't know what that question means uh i will not be explaining it here you'll have to google it um but probably not when you're at work or on a work computer i would do that in your own time um maybe on someone else's phone really you don't want that as part of your history um yeah so i i'm i'm truly sorry to anyone who was offended or or inadvertently aroused by that question um that is never the intention 
of this podcast. Let me make that clear. Uh, moving on. Um, yeah, more apologies. Um, I have to apologise if what I said last week regarding snowball fights um, in, in sort of laying down some ground rules for what I see to be safe, responsible snowball fighting. Um, some listeners believe that I was covertly um, or, or sort of subconsciously making suggestions of how you could actually make snowball fights more dangerous. Um, that was not my intention. Um, I do not condone the use of uh, rocks. What else did I say? We, I think. Uh, pebbles, hard ice, sludgy snow, anything like that. Do not bring them to the snowball fight, please. Um, but I do not want to condone the use of those in a snowball fight. Safe snowball fighting, that is what I'm promoting. Um, that was based on a question from Matthew um, from Greater London. And yeah, um, I'm sorry to out you on the air here a little, Matthew. Um, Matthew was a little embarrassed to learn that Greater, like a cheese grater and Greater as in Greater London, uh, are actually spelt differently. Apparently he didn't know that until I corrected him. Um, but if it helps, Matthew, um, I learned only last year, I think, that I'd been spelling banana as banana nana. Um, all of my life, basically. Um, my friends and family just thought it was a sort of character quirk, I guess. Um, one dinsy, tiny little last apology, I promise. Um, Debbie, who asked the first question, first ever listener question. Um, it was a really good question. It was about the best bit of driving ever. Um, see last week's episode if you, you want to hear my responses. Um, she was offended because she felt I insinuated that she is homeless. Um, I, I said that she was Debbie of no fixed abode because she didn't put a location. Um, Debbie's got in touch to say that she she does actually have a fixed abode um, in Lincoln, no less. Um, so sorry, Debbie, for insinuating that you're homeless. Um, there was no malice. I'm just I'm just clumsy like that. Um, and I'm glad you have a home. Um. No apologies in this next bit of follow-up. Um, God, it's all, it's all follow-up today, isn't it? Um, I've still had no word from Tess from Berkshire as to which festive period she meant. Um, you may remember she asked how I would be spending the festive period, but she sent the email on the 5th of January, which left me a bit confused as to which festive period she actually meant. Um, if you're a new listener, then obviously you won't remember that. That's a new memory for you. Um, but Tess, I'm appealing to you to please, please get back in touch. Let me know which festive period you were referring to, um, because I feel like this question is sort of very quickly approaching its best before date. Um, it's running out of mileage and steam. So there's all the necessary follow-up from last week. Now on to... Uh, actually, you know what I'm going to do? Flip the script. Um, maybe... I'll do just a couple more list of questions um, without any facts or, or figures. Um, I'm sensing it's one of the more popular segments uh, that I've attempted. Right, so first question. Uh, seriously, do you speak another language? That's from Dave Rave again. Um, hello, Dave. Uh, Mr. Rave. Um, what you're doing there, you, you're just sort of repeating the question from last week, but I guess with a bit more urgency. Um Dave also said last week that he hadn't actually listened to the podcast 
yet, but I'm going to assume that by now you have, by your follow-up. Um, and yeah, answering your question more seriously, more genuinely, uh, no, I, I do not speak another language, but I would like to. Um, I'll probably stay fairly mainstream, go for Spanish, French, German. Actually, um, when I was at school, my German teacher was convinced that one of my parents must be German. Um, such was my, my my aptitude for for the language. Um, what was her name? Herr Herr Schnitzel. No, that can't be right. Um, one of my friends will correct me. Uh, next question, my mum again. Two questions in, and two repeat questioners. Um, make of that what you will, won't you? Um, mum asks, gravy train or gravy boat? So. I'm sensing a theme with your questions here, Mum. Uh, last week it was Bake On or Bake Off. Uh, this week, Gravy Train or Gravy Boat. Right, my thoughts. Are we talking as a form of transport, say, for commuting? Or, or are we thinking strictly in terms of a, a vessel for your your gravy? Um, as far as I'm aware, riding the gravy train means sort of easy money, for little effort in a in a job context um so i guess maybe a gravy boat might be the opposite um a sort of much more slow less efficient laborious way to make money um but arguably arguably a more pleasant way um unless you get seasick um so i guess you could ride the you you ride the gravy train for easy money or, or take the gravy boat for nicer views um, I did used to get the ferry to work uh, just a little ferry, very slow often with a few technical issues but, but it was nice to be off land just sort of bobbing around in the water um, but the job I was going to was definitely not easy money so in some ways I've, I've already rode the gravy boat um, before that I used to walk or get the tube to work um, the tube, the, the gravy tube, continuing the analogy. Um, it was always very crowded and stuffy and, and quite a stressful experience. Um, so that's sort of, I guess, a quick but unsatisfying gravy. You, your cheap granules and, you know, watery. Your gravy without much flavour. Um, walking was much more satisfying, actually. Um, especially then, that was in London, that job, and, you know, seeing all the famous buildings and places, that was very exciting. Um, yeah, I do enjoy walking, walking so I, I guess overall I'm probably most happy walking to work. Is that the question? Gravy. Walking to work in my gravy boots. Um, yeah. Next question from Yvonne. Pawn to E4, your move. Right, yes, Yvonne, the chess game. God, I completely forgot. Um, I don't have a chessboard. I don't have any of the pieces. Um, and I'll be honest, what you've written means almost nothing to me. Uh, if you don't mind, Yvonne, can we play a different game? Um, I like Cranium. Um, have you played? Do you have access to Cranium? Um, let me know. Uh, I'm happy to explain the rules, etc. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe cranium instead of chess. 
next. Uh, ah, finally, it's a question from someone new. Um, it's from Ria, my buddy Ria. Um, that's my friend, Ria. Uh, she asks, was this a genuine email or were you hacked? Right. Yeah, so going back to what I said earlier, uh, yes, I was hacked. Um, but what Ria is actually referring to is an invite I sent her to a Zoom quiz I was hosting. Um, so yes, the email was real. Uh, that quiz has, has now been and gone, Ria. You missed out. Um, it was a, a cracker, a barnstormer, really. Um, example question. Let me think. Um, oh yeah, uh, this one, a bit more of a riddle. Um, David's father has three sons, Snap, Crackle, and Who? That was my quiz voice, uh, and it's on a postcard. Don't actually send me postcards unless you have my address. If you don't, then, yeah, just message me in the normal ways. That'll be fine. Um, Right, what's the time we at? Okay, yeah, right, I think we'll go for a quick break. Um, After the break, we'll be listening to some of the intro music that uh, has been sent in. That's exciting. And we will be finding out what I did learn this week. Okay, we're back. Um, right, this week I thought I'd go back to a segment that I did in the first episode. Uh, it's called This Week I Learned. And this week I did learn that an ear trumpet and a shoehorn are entirely different things. Not even in the same realm, really. Um, and they're not music related at all. Um, seems obvious now, I guess. I never really thought about it. I just sort of lumped them in together. Um, I guess variations on brass band and wind instruments in in my head, like your, your French horn and your Vidal Sassoon and, and, and other sort of instruments. Um, but that then led me down a bit of a rabbit hole with shoehorns. Um, and that sounds like a pretty niche rabbit hole. Um, and I found this wild, uh, unbelievable sort of secret history of the shoehorn. Now, I can't vouch entirely for the authenticity of what I'm going to read to you, um, but I will say that the website I got this from looked fairly legit. It had a picture of the American flag, and the piece was written by uh, Professor Hurlington um, from the University of Life. I, th I think that's maybe University of Fife. Um, but he's a professor, no less, so, so that bodes well. Here are my further learnings about the shoehorn. Um, I'll just say I'm going to be discreet uh, with, with surnames, place names, things like that, and replace them with blanks. Uh, here goes. Greg Blank, the creator of the shoehorn, uh, or shoehorn, uh, that's shoe hyphen horn, stole the design from his high school sweetheart, Mary Louise Blank, the creator and designer of the common rhubarb. Greg came up with the idea for the shoehorn, or shoehorn, after struggling to learn how to tie and untie his shoelaces, or shoelaces, shoe hyphen laces, as a child. The name shoehorn, or shoehorn, was chosen after Greg's original and preferred choice, the shoe scoop, uh, or shoe scoop, shoe hyphen scoop, became publicly confused with the handle of a fearsome biker gang operating on the blank coast of America. Uh, footnote 1. 
Um, that fearsome bike gang are the Shoes Coop brothers, uh, later the Shoes Coop brothers and sons, later the Shoes Coop family, uh, later the Shoes Coop family and friends, and, and finally uh, just the Shoes Coops. Uh, here's some post facts. Greg Blank uh, now lives with his wife, Bonnie Blank, and uh, their two kids in Blank, Connecticut. Connecticut. Um, he still cannot tie or untie shoelaces, or shoelaces, which is unfortunate. Uh, Mary Louise Blank uh, lives in Blank, upstate New York, with her partner, Randall Blank. Um, she still refuses to acknowledge the practicalities of Greg's creation and instead uses frozen rhubarbs to remove her shoes. Uh, Greg and Mary Louise have not spoken since the launch of the shoehorn or shoehorn. Um, they were honorary prom queen and prom queen prom king at their high school reunion in uh, 1994. Neither attended the ceremony and the award was accepted on their behalf by Greg's former best friend and Mary Louise's brother, Sean Blank. Um, Sean did not mention the shoehorn or shoehorn incident in his acceptance speech. Uh, footnote two, um, although Sean has not spoken often with Greg since the launch of the shoehorn or shoehorn, he maintains a healthy regard for his former best friend and is often cited as the one who encouraged Greg to pursue his idea. Uh, footnote three, it has been disputed by parties associated with Sean and Greg as to whether they were in fact best friends. Greg was probably closer to his oldest friend, Ryan Blank, captain of the football team and indisputable high school heartthrob or heartthrob, heart hyphen throb. Um, although for ease of narrative, narrative, this is usually overlooked. Um, footnote four, it was agreed by most at their high school reunion that although Ryan was once a very popular and good looking young man, he had since become rather obnoxious. Um, that's a quote from Cindy Blank and had reached a quite disgusting level of obese. Uh, that's a quote from Lucille Blank. Uh, and finally, footnote five, Cindy and Lucille, also classmates of Greg, Mary Louise and Ryan, had also not fared so well in the looks department since the end of high school, but their intimidating reputation and scathing judgments still preceded them 20 years on. Uh, as such, no one at the reunion openly disagreed with the above quotes, although in private, many believe Cindy and Lucille's views were both harsh and slightly hypocritical. Uh, so there you have it. The secret history of the shoehorn, um, or shoehorn, uh, I, I just think that's that's mad. Um, wild, yeah, a lot to mull over. Um, but there's no time, because we're doing intro music. Um, I should have probably had a jingle there. Um so yeah, we've had a few people come forward with intro music. It's been um, so life-affirming, I think. Yeah, maybe that's the right way to say it. Um, to hear music you've created for me and, and for this podcast. Um, I'm really touched. Uh, except for you, Harold Jumper. Um, I feel like maybe you have seen this show and the opportunity to send in your intro music as really a sort of springboard for your own music career. Um, I have to point out that I do not, repeat, do not have any connections or contacts in the music industry, nor do I have any cred or, or kudos or, or any sort of currency at all with people who even listen to music, um, which is basically the whole world. I'm, I'm a recommendations void, okay? I'm a music nobody. Um, and I'm saying all this because you, Harold Jumper, actually just sent me a whole, as far as I can see, as yet unreleased album written and produced entirely by yourself, which is an impressive feat because there are uh, 37 tracks and it runs well over two hours. And there's a hell of a lot of instrumentation and a, a real variety of different singing styles. Um, 
The album's called Risque Biscay, and the cover art is, is indeed Risque Biscay. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but that is a very happy, satisfied, mucky-looking lobster in that bowl of soup. Um, moving on to what I feel the more honest entries um, for the opportunity to send me your intro music. I, and I will put these to a vote. Um, first up, uh, it's Ches Lupo from uh, Borny, Scotland. Um, here's his entry. Well, nothing bonnie about that. Um, it, it's good, it's smooth, uh, it has a sort of groove, some direction. Um, I like your Tom Roll Ladies, that's the song title. Um, yeah, good, good start. Next up is Atatat Attack. Um, let's hear your entry. That is excellent. That is excellent. Um, it's called Blunt Instrument. Um, that's definitely how it feels. You've captured a certain mood. Um, frustration, maybe. But in sound. Frustration in sound. That, that could be a better song title. Um, but ultimately, does it suit the tone of the show? Tonally, is it is it right for this podcast? Uh, moving on to the third entry. This is from Paul and Wendy from Somerset. Um, it's got no title. Um, now, without wanting to swing the vote in any way, I should say um, that Paul and Wendy composed this entirely with their voices and did it all in one take. So bear that in mind as you listen. Stunning. Uh, like when you think that they did that all with their mouths, lips, and tongues. Mouths, lips, and tongues. That's yeah, that's brilliant. And finally, the uh, fourth entry is from Don Carroll, Don Carrillioni. Um, that's I've added that. Uh, they're from Johnny Johnfield, not far from my neck of the woods. Uh, so let's hear their entry. I think that's what the kids call good vibrations, um, but it is problematic. That's the word that comes to mind. Um, I'm getting these cool future city vibes. Um, and I'm just not very cool, and I'm certainly not very futuristic. Um, admittedly, I'm not always present, but I'm not futuristic. However, I do think that if future me, me in 10 years' time, say, could listen to it right now, I think I think he'd be on board. I think he'd love it. And, um, yeah, always be blasting it out in his, from his, uh, you know, his flying hover car on his way uh, 
to the moon for work. Um, yeah. Okay, so there are our four entries. Um, thank you once again to all the entrants. Um, like I said, we will have a vote. And I vote for Paul and Wendy from Somerset. Um, yeah, such an incredible use of mouse lips and tongues. Uh, well done to you both. Um, there are no prizes, but uh, maybe... Yeah, maybe I'll use your intro music at some point if I get bored of the current one. Um, that sounds fair. Um, yeah, so there you go. I better wrap up now. Uh, episode five is a wrap. We made it. You can breathe now. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you listened. Um, after last week's rambling outro, I'm going to keep this short. And sw- you thought that was it, didn't you? Um, yeah, it is.